What's up, world? Welcome to another episode of the Brian Janu Show. As you know, I am Brian Janu, and like always, on all podcast platforms everywhere, it's the Brian Janu Show. Um, <clears throat> today's episode is I bleed sports. Yes, I do. I do. I do. Of course, you know, sports this weekend was crazy. Last night was the last week one football game, Jets Bills, and I will talk about that, of course. Um, but Let's get into some other stuff, man. So, I didn't I didn't really talk about this last week, um, because I wanted to see how it was gonna play out, and it played out the way it played out. Um, so Team USA, um, who is now who's playing for the World Cup, qualified again to the Olympics for next year, um, which I think they already won, so I think they should be already in the Olympics, but I don't understand how that shit goes. But anyway, uh, they played in the World Cup this year um, during the summer, and they not only lost, they lost, they didn't even get a medal, they didn't medal, um, they lost in the, um, the semifinals, and then they lost the, uh, the medal game to Canada, they lost to Germany in the semifinals, and the question everybody has, <laughs> the question everybody is 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 asking now is, has the world caught up to the United States? Has the world caught up to the United States in basketball? We always have this conversation, especially a couple of years ago when they were in the Olympics and they lost in the Olympics. And a lot of people were like, oh, my God, has the world finally caught up to the United States of America in basketball? Yes and no. The reason why I say yes is because they're way better countries with way better players that are going to represent them teams now. You know, you got Germany with Dennis Schroeder and all these other guys on, on a Germany team. And then you have Greece. If Giannis was able to play, Greece would have been a dominant team in a, in a tournament this year. Um, but you still have his brothers that play. So, and then you have Canada who has their own set of great players in, in Canada. You got Spain. That's always a great team. And then you got, you know, outside of Luka Doncic, you know, there's only one team that could really be run by one player. It's not going to work in, U- in World Cup basketball, but, you know, maybe in Olympics. But, um, you know, when you have, you know, all these 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 countries, Serbia and, and all these other countries that have real basketball players, real basketball talent that has been in the league for a long time that played these teams, and also you're now playing at FIFA rules, you're not going to probably beat a lot of these teams, especially if you have no fucking size. And that is the worst time to go into a – that's when you think you are the best at this shit, and then you have no size and you can't box out. And then, you're, like I said, you're playing at FIFA rules, something we, I learned a lot when I was watching the Team USA on the Redeem team in 2008 when they played. Um, that's why they had to go get a lot of big guys because it was like you can't have a, you know, you can't have a, a team when you're playing against the Gasol brothers and you're playing against this. And now as you get there, I mean, you know, I don't know if Russia, I don't know if, you know, if the Joker has a team, a country, I don't know if that country, you know, yeah, I think he's Serbian, so maybe, yeah. So, yeah, so, you know, the Joker and the Giannis and all them do play in the Olympics next year. 
they're fucked. Like, let's be real. Like, they are fucked. And I don't, I don't see how this ends well for them. As a, I don't see how this ends well. And that's why I also say no, because you're sending a lot of these young players that just want to play in Team USA. Austin Reeves is not supposed to be the one of the leading scorers on Team USA. That's crazy. He's literally, what, the third, fourth option on the Lakers this year and maybe even next year. Like, the dude is not that. that that's not his game. Anthony Anthony Edwards, yeah, he's he's ready. I've been saying for a while Minnesota need to stop playing and get his man a franchise and stop acting like Carl Anthony Towns is still the franchise player. Anthony Edwards is the goddamn franchise of Minnesota. He went into Team USA and did his thing. Brandon Ingram, as much as I love him, love him as a Pelican man, that ain't his shit. You you can't. You didn't have a lot of size. Jared Jackson Jr. was cool. You know, Jalen Bronson is good for a backup guard, but he's not good to start your fucking team. Like, and I'm not talking about like in the NBA. I'm talking about like in a Team USA spectrum. He's not good to start the Team USA team. Like, like think about the 2008 Redeem team. You had Chris Paul. You had Jason Kidd. You had Darren Williams as guards. You even had Dwayne Wade coming off the fucking bench. Like. You had guards, man, and you got Tyrese Halliburton. Not no distance Tyrese Halliburton because Tyrese Halliburton's a beast. But put shit into perspective. A lot of these 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 guys that were just jumping in playing for Team USA this year, they're what second, third, fourth options on their teams. Like, come on, bro. Like, outside of Jalen Bronson, who is actually the starting point guard of the Knicks and is actually one of the best players on the Knicks, but. Is a franchise getting taken to the NBA Finals with Jalen Bronson as the fucking guard? No, you need another fucking score. You need a dominant fucking score. He's a great facilitator. He's a great score, but he ain't give him the ball and see what happens. Like that ain't that ain't the way it is with that guy. So Team USA needs to get back to getting all of their fucking superstars that actually want to play. LeBron James has said he wants to play in 2024. He says he he's in, and if he can recruit some people that will be even better. I don't think you will be able to. And this is the thing. And, yeah, I mean, Team USA is going to have pride, and they're going to have the, the pride of the countries and all that. But you got a long NBA season, and then you still have to go and play at Paris. And you got a couple of warm-up games, and then you still got to go fly to Paris and play in the Olympics. I don't see how a lot of team, a lot of players are going to want to do that when that summer's already in question a lot of the season. So I don't see how many players actually say, yeah, let's go play in the Olympics in 2024. You got to really get them to actually want to play. And I don't think they will. And I mean like Steph Curry, Jason Tatum, Clay Thompson, depending on how far these seasons go, like go to state, I expect to be in the playoffs. The Lakers, I expect to at least be in the playoffs. Phoenix, all these other teams. Like I expect them to be in the playoffs. And that is the thing. I expect them to be in the playoffs. And have deep runs. So if they have deep runs and then you turn around and say you're playing into late July, what, late May, May, June, late May, early June, and then you got to turn around and then go play in the Olympics in July, you're probably not going to do that shit. And that's the thing. So 
I don't see how a lot of these players are going to go. So you're going to continue to have these teams of very second, third option players going to to defend the Team USA name in these World Cups because even in the Olympics, because as good as LeBron James is, and this could be his last Olympics if he ever does do it. If he does the next year, this probably would be his last Olympics. So he could probably recruit the Steph Currys, the Clay Thompsons. He could probably recruit a lot of these guys, maybe Anthony Davis, maybe some of these young guys, to Jason Tatum and Jenna Brown. I don't think Jason, Jason Tatum, I think, played last time in a U.S. team, U.S., I can't remember. But, you know, Devin Booker and all these guys, like, you're going to have to actually physically sit there and recruit these guys and actually tell them, that let's go do this. Because I'm going to be honest, I wouldn't I wouldn't go. I'm going to be honest. Like, I wouldn't go. Like, especially if my main goal is to win a championship. And my focus is on trying to win a damn championship. And I know it's Team USA, and I know people are going to sit here and say, it's crazy. Why would you not want to go and defend Team USA? But it's like, put shit into perspective. And that's my main thing. Like, put shit into perspective. If you're playing late into these seasons. Even LeBron James in particular, because let's be real, you're probably trying to play to 2020, you know, for your 21st, 22nd season. You want another rank probably. If you don't get it this year, you're probably done with playing basketball maybe one more year until your, your son can play with you. But that's about it. Like, so I could see how LeBron could probably try to, you know, get, you know, people to come there and do it, but, most of the people you need to go do it is guys that's one have already played in the Olympics, like Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, guys that have already played in the Olympics, Anthony Davis, but also guys that you have never, like guys that have late seasons. Jalen Brown, who's a part of Jason Tatum's team, Steph Curry, like, like you got a lot, Jimmy Butler, like there's a lot of guys that have played in late seasons I don't think they're going to run out there and try to go play in Team USA in Paris, even though it would be a great experience and even though it would be amazing. So I think we're going to continuously have this problem with these teams. I think we continuously have situations because I don't think anybody's going to be running out there trying to go play for Team USA like talking about it. Not saying it's not going to happen. Not saying I don't believe that it could happen. I'm just saying for me personally, I don't see how it happens because, again, a lot of these players are playing late into the season. And then you got to turn around in a couple, not even a couple months, like a week, a couple weeks. You get maybe two or three weeks, depending on when you get bounced out the playoffs. And then you got to turn around and, like, get ready for Team USA. Like, that's – and learn a whole new style and learn a whole new way. But I'm going to tell you the truth. What I feel is this, man. Team USA just need to get hype. They need to get some big-ass dudes, man. They don't, they don't need to go get some crazy score the ball 30 times. They don't need anybody like that. But they do need – a big ass dude. They need big. They need a size. They need size. Evan Mobley, Jared Allen. Like they need something that's not just one hundred percent small. Like small ball doesn't work in team in the in the FIFA. And that's the thing that is crazy because when going back to two thousand and eight, small ball wasn't a thing yet. So Dwight Howard, Tyson Chandler, guys like that. That like they fit Anthony Davis. Like they fit the teams and they fit the situation. And now you the. United States, we're too fucking small, which is the craziest thing to say. We're too fucking small. So a lot of these teams that can just, in the course of you watch FIFA, you know the ball is on a, as soon as the ball hit the, the cylinder, it's fair play. You could get it. So as long as the ball hit the cylinder, 
you can get it as long as it's over the cylinder. You can get it. If it rolls off, you can dunk it back in. You can do everything. If you don't have the size to control the rebounds in that situation, you're probably going to lose. So what happened in Team USA this year? They fucking lost. Why did they lose? Because they didn't have size. They don't have the guys that could physically go up against guys like the Joker, like Giannis, like Joel Embiid. Like in a real NBA, imagine that in FIFA. It's the same shit, even crazier because, like I said, the ball hits the cylinder. All you got to do is get the ball, and it's on. So I don't – I'm not too – I don't know what Team USA is going to be coming in 2024 at the Olympics. I do think we're going to win. I don't think we're going to lose again. Like, I don't think we're going to lose the Olympics. I think the World Cup is one thing. The Olympics is a completely other story. Um, I do think we still win next year in the Olympics, but I would be not – I wouldn't be also surprised if we don't because think of the confidence boost of Germany and and, and Lithuania and, 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 you know, and Greece and Canada and all these other countries that beat us in, the, in this world, France and all these other countries, like – Think of all of these other countries that have so many great players that play in the NBA, have played the style, and also have played against a lot of these players. Think about that. So I would not be surprised if next year in the Olympics we win, but I also wouldn't be surprised if we lose the motherfucker. I wouldn't be surprised at any of it. Because Team USA got to send their best. And what's their best right now? The best is international players, and people don't want to admit it. But Team, like the NBA's best players are international players. Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Joker. Their best, the NBA's best players, Luka Doncic. Like, there's a lot of great international players that are going back. Shit, Canada was filled with just a bunch of fucking NBA players, like Dylan Brooks and uh, uh, Seth Gilgis Alexander and all these guys. Like, Canada's got a team, bro. Like, Canada could fucking play, bro. Australia has great players and have played in the NBA and have done these things. And have, you know, Ben Simmons wants to play. That style fits Ben Simmons perfectly. So for the Team USA, they got to really go and just – they got to pull – like if LeBron James is really going to do this and he's really going to say, I- I'm going to play in the Olympics. I want all the best players to play with me in the Olympics. Then, nigga, you got to be Nick Ferry. And you got to go get the the Avengers. Like, you got to figure out how to get the Avengers to all come together and play. <laughs> that nigga got to be Nick Fury. It's got to happen. He got to be Nick Fury. Because this shit is not going to work if it's just you and some young fucking guys. That's just, that's not going to work. You got to go get Steph. You got to go get Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Jimmy Butler. Uh, uh, yeah, you got to go get them all. Got to go get them all, man. Like Pokemon. Got to go catch them all. Got to go get them all. Um, <sighs> what else? Before I get into what I really, really, really gonna talk about, uh, <laughs> so me and my brother Juan talked about this, um, today, this morning, on All Sports Talk, uh, on his Instagram. Go watch it. Um. So we do a morning show every Tuesday on his uh, Instagram, All Sports Talk, uh, Jack's Wild Sports Recap, uh, Weekend Recap Show. Um, and we uh, we talked about this earlier this morning. And again, 
the fight is coming up. Canelo Alvarez versus Jamel Charlo. Uh, September 30th. I am looking super forward for that. Looking forward to that fight. Um, and Canelo Alvarez said something to impress to promote this fight in New York. I think it was on a breakfast club. Um, and he said, you know, um, you know, Terrence Crawford is a great fighter. Terrence Crawford has, has fought a lot of, you know, he's, he's a great fighter, but who has Terrence, who has Terrence Crawford beaten? Who has he, who has he really fought and who has he really beat? Errol Spence, right? And my brother, uh, Juan asked me that today on our show. And I said, that Canelo's right, and he's also. I said Canelo's right. I said Crawford has beaten. Now, a lot of people will sit here and say, but Crawford beat Spence, and he beat uh, Sean Porter. If you watch boxing, he beat Sean Porter, he beat Cal Brook, he beat all those guys. He has beaten people. Here's why I say he's right, though. Because compared to the names that, let's say, if Floyd Mayweather's time, and I get it, people will sit here and say, you fight who you fight. But the display that Crawford has had against certain, certain, certain guys is one thing. But I also feel like, I feel like this, Crawford really hasn't beat anybody. Yet a namesake, he's beaten, you know what I'm saying? By the namesake, he's beaten names. But compared to when they first stepped in the ring with Crawford, Porter had already lost to Spence. Cal Brook already had lost to Spence. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, they have already lost to these people. And there's something I said earlier this morning. That is like Floyd Mayweather beating all the people that Pacquiao beat. But... You didn't beat them in their time when they fought Pacquiao. Pacquiao beat them, and then you took them on maybe a year, two years later. And there's nothing wrong with that because that's that's just boxing. But Crawford didn't beat anyone, and that's true. He hasn't really beaten a guy on his level until Spence. Porter would Porter fought Crawford and retired right after that because Porter was done. He was like, I don't like this is my last fight. I'm done. He was already doing like boxing analysts. That's actually he announced it when he was doing boxing analyst for Fox. I remember that fucking shit. And so he announced it then. Like, like I'm, you know, technically mandatory to fight Crawford next. And then he fought Crawford and lost, and that's it. You know, but and Kyle Brook fought uh, Crawford in the in the pandemic and stuff like that. But Crawford only beaten one real true number one. Beat the living hell out of him. But <laughs> beat the shit out of him. I'm not gonna sit and act like Crawford didn't beat the shit out of Spence because he beat the living, the living shit out of Spence. But here's my problem with Canelo saying that it's like he didn't really fight anyone. But Canelo, you haven't really fought anyone. Who have you fought? Who have you fought? The guys that you really have actually fought, Triple G, right? Let's put it into perspective. The trilogy with Triple G. The first fight, to be honest, you should have lost. They gave you a draw to save face. You should have fucking lost that first fight. Triple G was whooping your ass. You came on strong at the end, but he was whooping your ass. The, at the time, what, Triple G was what? Damn near 38, 39, 40? And he put it on you. <laughs> you were like 24. Me and you were like, Canelo's like literally, what, a year or two older than me? I'm 29, he's what, 30, 31? 
and Triple G was whooping his ass, like just beating the shit out of him. The second fight, you clearly won that because Triple G was already past 40. <laughs> like, and then this last fight y'all fought, clearly you won that. It was like, what the fuck could Triple G really do? You're younger than him. You're faster than him and you're quicker than him. Like, of course you were supposed to win that fight. But this is the problem with that. Canelo, who you fought too? Like, you just literally sit here and say that same shit about you. Caleb Plant. Caleb Plant beat, was beating you early in that fight. And then he fucked up and got caught. And that was the end of that. Same thing with, um, um, shit, you said about a lot of Canelo fights. But you've also brought in a lot of old fighters, people that have been past their palm, been retired, kind of not really boxing a minute. I mean, you fought, uh, you fought Oscar De La Hoya past his prime. I remember that shit. You fought Sugar Shane Mosley past his prime. You fought, uh, Miguel Cotto past his prime. So when you, like, again, it's like the same thing with Crawford. We can say the same thing with Crawford. The name that when you, the name that you fought was impressive. But put into perspective of who you fought and when you fought them. But the fights that Canelo has had, that somebody was a little bit quicker, a little bit faster, better trained, better equipped in boxing, you got your ass whooped. Um, particularly Floyd Mayweather. Everybody knew you was too young to Floyd Mayweather. You weren't ready for that fight. I still blame Oscar De La Hoya and Bob Aaron for putting you in that fucking predicament because you should not have been in that fight. You were too young for him. He was going to outclass you and outbox you. I don't give a shit how strong you are. When somebody got a box in mind like that and the ability like Floyd Mayweather, you were never going to win that fight, period. Shit just wasn't going to happen. The only person that could beat Floyd at that time was probably Manny. And even Manny had problems with trying to catch Floyd for most of that fight. He got him a couple times, but he never really put that Manny Pacquiao stamp on it. And Canelo never touched Floyd, like ever in that fight. Never fucking touched him. Beat the living hell out of that dude. And it goes into the other side, where it's like, when you moved up a weight class and you try to take on Bivadov, Bivadov was better than you. And he just jabbed your ass. He didn't do shit that whole night. He just was jabbing you. He just kept you at a distance. And as soon as he kept jabbing the shit out of you, you couldn't do anything. And even the analyst that was at the commentary that was trying to be like, well, if Canelo gets into him, and he could really get him. And the analyst was like, God, after like the seven, eight round, they were like, yeah, this shit is over. Like, he can't touch him. Like, he can't even get him. Like, and he's just killing him with a simple jab. Like, it's just boom, straight to the face. Boom, straight to the face. Boom, 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 straight to the face. Back to it. He was controlling distance. He was just doing a lot on you. With this upcoming fight with Jamar Cholo, which we've been screaming for a minute, like, let's see how you do against somebody that's young. In your same weight class that has that same ability, that same hunger as you. Let's see really what happens. We're finally going to get it. To be honest, I don't know who wins. I don't know who wins. I don't know if Canelo could actually step up to the level and actually prove that, yo, this has been his fight this entire time. He's been a guy. He's always been a guy. Or if he falls into a trap, and that is that he gets his ass whooped. So, <laughs> or he falls into a trap, and he gets his ass whooped. I don't know which is which. I do think it, I do think this. It's going to be a great fight September 30th. Can, uh, Charlo cannot fall into the... 
Charlo cannot fall into the idea that he could just beat Canelo with just raw power. That is not going to work. You have to actually outbox him. And that is one thing about Canelo. As great as Canelo has been in this, these years, no matter how he's fought people or not, he's still not a good boxer. He relies very, very still on his power. And as long as he relies on that power shit, you can get his ass whooped. Because you you gotta out you gotta be damn near, but you gotta also be better than him at boxing. You got to, because you cannot let him lure you into a situation of comfort and think you just got it in the bag. You can get your ass whooped that way. Don't do that. Like I think I think he's smart enough to know that he can't just go into a fight and think he's just going to out-strong Canelo. That's not that's not a smart move. What you should do is what I just said. You got to be mentally ready to go to war. You got to be mentally ready to beat him. You got to be mentally ready and mentally sound to have a fight with Canelo Alvarez. And if you do not be that way, you're going to lose because he can easily just get you into a position where you are now trying to make up with points and then you fall and you lulled into a fucking fight where he catches you one time. And that's something that Charlo has done in previous fights where he's won the fight. He's winning the fight. And then he just kind of gets bored. And he just drops his hands a little bit. And then get tagged. And it's like, oh, shit. And then he gets tagged. And it's like, oh, shit. So it can happen. So he's got to be like mentally the best he's ever been for this fight. Because he can easily be Canelo. You can beat Canelo. It's very easy to beat Canelo. Like I said, Canelo is not that great at straight mental boxing. He's not that great at it. He's great at the physical. And if you can outclass him mentally, you're going to beat him. Because he can't go past a certain threshold mentally. But if he knows he's got you, then he doesn't have to go past that threshold. Because you're coming to him now. And that is his fight. If you come into him and he's not having a step to you, you lost. You lost. So, I don't know how September 30 is going to go, but I know one thing. It's going to be a fight. It's going to be a motherfucking fight. All right. Let's get into it. College football. Week two was just this past week. Um, Man, oh, man, oh, man. How fun was that? Um... I watched um, some of the games week two. Uh, the top four uh, is this: Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, Texas. Texas, why? Because they beat Alabama in Alabama. Um, the first three teams, the, I'm gonna be honest, all four teams should stay in their position the entire year. Like, they shouldn't have a fall at any point. The SEC this season is very disturbing to me. LSU lost already to Florida State. As I continue to watch LSU, I got to see them against Mississippi State this week. I got to see how they look. But Florida State really doesn't have any competition in the the ACC outside of maybe Duke. North Carolina struggled against Appalachian State. Like, they, they can be beat. They can be beat. Um, Miami beat Texas A&M, which is a very interesting game. When they do play each other, I would be interested in how where where Miami will be personally at that time. 
But outside of maybe Duke, Florida State should be able to cruise through this whole fucking college play, like their entire schedule. Outside of Miami and Duke, those two games, I think they do play Miami. I think they do play Duke. I mean, I think they play Miami. I think they, I know they play Miami, but I know they probably play Duke too. So it, outside of those, you know, two games on that schedule, they should be good. Like, I don't really see anybody really stopping them. I, I don't see one person really stopping them. So, yeah. Um, Florida State should run through that schedule. Michigan should run through theirs. The only team that I can see actually have a problem, Michigan can really have a problem with, is Penn State. And that's it. That's the only team I see Michigan really having a goddamn problem with, is Penn State. I don't think Ohio State is good enough to actually compete with Michigan this year, especially in Michigan. That's not going to happen. They're going to get their ass whooped by Michigan. It's going to be worse than the last two meetings. They're going to get their ass ran through in Michigan this year. The only team I see Michigan having a problem with is literally Penn State. Penn State actually has a quarterback, and that's scary into itself. Outside of that, Michigan should run through the the table. They could get past Penn State, they run through the table, and it's not even a conversation. Florida State, like I said, should run through their table. Texas should run through theirs. The only team that I can see kind of trip them up, maybe Oklahoma, maybe. But even that, I think Texas got a better team than Oklahoma. And then, and we'll see soon because they play in a couple weeks. But the other the other, other team I can see them kind of maybe tripping up against is Kansas State. And I can see them losing to Kansas State because Kansas State is really fucking good. That's a hell of a, that is a consistent program in college football. They are like, uh, what's the team in the NFL that I could literally say that is that damn consistent every damn year? I would say the Steelers, cause <laughs> I would say the Steelers, cause but the Steelers, they ass well. But um, <laughs> like, but a team that you don't think is gonna ever make it to the top, but they're really good in the NFL. I'm trying to think. Damn, that's not that many. God damn. Ooh shit, I don't know. In the NFL analogy, that was a bad analogy because I don't know any team. Maybe okay, the Chargers. They're the Chargers. Kansas State is the Chargers. Like Kansas State is the Chargers. Like you expect them to be good every year, but we all know they ain't going no farther than what the fuck they are, and that's exactly what that is. So, um, so Texas got two teams also on their schedule they could trip them up: Oklahoma and Kansas State. After that, that's pretty much fucking it. Like, that is the only two teams that could trip them up. When it comes to Alabama, uh, Georgia, Georgia should walk through the schedule. Like, they should float through the schedule because this is the easiest schedule they've ever probably had. I don't see one team on that schedule that I'm like, that can stop Georgia. Like, physically stop them. The SEC East, like I said when I did the LSU show, the first SEC show, the uh, bleed, black, purple, and gold. Georgia's dominant. Florida is not good enough this year. Tennessee is going to float by until they play Georgia, and then they're going to get their ass with maybe Auburn if Auburn is good, and they should be playing each other in a couple weeks too. Maybe Auburn, that's it. But Tennessee and Auburn are the only two teams on Georgia's schedule that I can actually see them beating, beating them, and even that can be questionable. Um... How do I feel about the Alabama losing? That's what I expected. I don't. I didn't expect Alabama to really beat Texas like that. Like I said last week, if Texas won, I 
thought they could have survived it better than Alabama could if Alabama won. I'd say if Texas lost, then Texas was probably done because they don't really have that many teams on their schedule they can really beat and then jump up over. If Alabama loses, then Alabama could make it up. But I don't think Alabama has the team to make it up. They don't have the receivers, like my brother Juan said this morning. They don't have the receivers. Their secondary is injured. Their defense isn't with the – the defense is good. That front four is always going to be great. But the back half is terrible. You don't have the running backs. You don't have the offensive line like you used to have. You don't have any of that shit. Usually that makes – Nick Saban usually can make it up. But he can't make it up this year. And I think that that is the problem. And I also think the fact that he kept trying to play like, well, whoever we put in the quarterback position, they're going to do great this year. That was the dumbest shit ever. You should have known right then and there that he had a problem. Because if he didn't know – because to me personally, Nick Saban knows who the fucking quarterback is by week one. He knows who his quarterback is. The fact that he tried to play the media like, well, I don't know, and you won't know until game time. It's like, bro, that's not smart. Like, that actually makes me feel like you're more nervous on who the fuck you about to pick as a quarterback than you actually believe that's a good quarterback. So I don't – I think this is a – that was a very telling sign right then and there that we should have been like, oh, this is not good. <laughs> we should have known right then and there, like, oh, this is not good. Alabama losing, but being still ranked 10th is literally just because it's Nick Saban. But let's be real. Do anybody have faith in Alabama this year? I don't. I don't. I think they're going to lose to Auburn. I think they're going to lose to LSU. I actually think they're going to lose to Ole Miss. Like, they can lose to a lot of teams this year that are just better than them. And like I said, the SEC this year is not great. Like, Florida's not good. Kentucky's not good. Tennessee's okay. They're going to float by, like I said, until they play Georgia. LSU, we shall see as the season progresses. Like, we shall see. Same thing with Ole Miss and same thing with Auburn. We should see how the season progresses. Alabama, injuries right now are killing them. So, we already know if they lose two three games before they even get to the meat of the schedule, they're already fucked, and it shouldn't even be a conversation. Um... So, yeah, I think that right now as I'm, like, watching this, Alabama and SEC is not good. Um, one team that is good is Colorado, man. That <laughs> – listen, Colorado is officially jumping up in the polls. Uh, they play Oregon. After, they play Oregon first and then USC. I said USC then Oregon, but it's Oregon versus then USC. But they got Colorado State this week in Colorado. Um, I hope they don't look past this game. I hope they play this game seriously, take this serious, because Oregon is literally next week after that. Um, I think Colorado's good, man. I think they really are good. Like I said, I think they have a quarterback, Sh- Shadora Stevenson. It's Shadora Sanders, the son of Dion. I think he can make up a lot of problems, a lot of their situations, a lot of their, their their gaps. When they do have moments where they don't play up to par, I think he makes up a lot of it. Um, that defense of Colorado, they need to get better at at at, at getting to the quarterback. But outside of that, um, they got it all in in all levels, and I think this is a good team. I think. I said it once and I said it again. I think they could run the table. I wouldn't be surprised if they do. If they could get past Oregon and USC, those are the only two teams 
that you should be worried about. After that, and those are the first two Pac-12 games that you have. If you get past those two teams, that's not really anything in the Pac-12 that you should be worried about outside of maybe Utah and Washington. But I think that's farther down, like, in the college playoff, like, when you get to the championship of the Pac-12. So, I can see Colorado easily running the table if you get past the, the next two weeks after this 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 week. Um, um, what's another situation? What's another thing? Um, so this week, week three. Um, that's not really that many games that I'm like looking at and being like, yeah, that's gonna be a game. I'm not really looking at Georgia, South Carolina, start off the SEC for them. LSU, Mississippi State, starts off the SEC for them. Um, but there's not really that many games I'm, like, super, like, yeah, let's see what happens. Like, it's not that many um, this week. Uh, maybe next week is the, is the, is the like I said, Colorado, Oregon is going to be a hell of a game. But for the most part, no game is really that important. So I'm going to say this. Um, I want to see how Texas performs after beating Alabama. Now you're at home. You're playing against Wyoming. Nobody cares. How do you now perform? Because if you don't show up in that game, just like I felt with the Colorado game, beating TCU, if you don't show up in the next goddamn game, it's going to be a problem. So, um, yeah, I want to see how this is all going to play out. Um, what's another game? What else? Oh. Clearly. Uh, <laughs> oh, clearly. Um, week one of the NFL season. Ugh, Aaron Rodgers is officially out for the year. I mean, it'd be hard for me not to talk about this. Aaron Rodgers is officially out for the year. Um, towards Achilles. Um, I told my brother Juan last night. We talked about it this morning. I said if they win this game, their season is still over. I think the Jets defense is going to control and help. Zach Wilson like they did last year. They're going to help Zach Wilson like they did last year. They're not going to do too much. They're not going to give him too much of the plate. I think Zach Wilson in preseason was good, but that's preseason. Like, can you actually play great for the entire fucking year? I don't think he has it in him. Uh, that defense, like I said, I think the Jets at least get to a five and five wins, six wins this season. They already got one, so at least four or five more wins because of that defense. But outside of that, the Jets are not going to win that much this year. Let's be real. Um. Yeah, doesn't really change my prediction. I had to just finish it forward in that division. I still got to just finish it forward in that division, so it don't really change any of my 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 feelings. What did I think of this whole week? Um, some of these predictions were stupid as hell. Um, just dumb finding predictions. I didn't understand any of these predictions. Um, after week one, some of the craziest things, and this is exactly what I'm about to say tonight. The craziest times of the NFL season is week goddamn one, right after week one, because you immediately question and say, this is how this team is going to be for the rest of the fucking season, when it's not that at all. What I think is this. The Eagles are not that bad. Thursday night, we're going to see them play against, uh, Thursday night, we're going to see them play um, the Vikings. I expect the Eagles to beat the living hell out of the Vikings. I'm going to be honest. I expect the Eagles to beat the shit out of the Vikings. I don't think the Vikings are good this season at all. I had them, I think I had them finishing fourth in my NFC North predictions. I just don't trust the Vikings. A lot of the team, a lot of the games they won last year, they will not win this year. A lot of the games they won last year were one score games, 
the ball is about to bounce the other way now. You won a lot of the year before that, literally before last year, you won a, you lost a lot of close games. This year, last year, you won a lot of close games. This year, you're gonna lose a lot of close games just because that's just the way the fucking world works. Um, and I don't think you have the team. I don't think you have the team or the organization. You don't have the running game. You don't have any of that. You don't have the deep. Brian Flores is going to fix that defense as it continues to, but they don't have the players for him to fix it. And that's another fucking thing. They didn't fix anything. And you just signed a lot of pieces to, like, fix it. That's not good enough. I think Pittsburgh is going to get their shit together, clearly. I don't think Pittsburgh is that fucking bad. I think Pittsburgh is going to get their shit together. Um, I expect um, Pittsburgh to get this shit together. I expect the Rams to not be this good. That was a divisional game. Shit happens. Seattle just did not step up. Do I think Geno Smith now is regressing back to where he was previously? Time would tell. I don't. I think it's one game. You lost both offensive linemen. Both of your offensive tackles who were great last year as rookies are now fucking, you know, getting beat to a pulp and now injured for the first, you know, couple of weeks. So I don't know how this is going to look. You got to play Detroit this upcoming week in Detroit, which is a worst scenario if you're going from one, def- one you know, offense, if you're going from a bad offensive line play against the Rams who just have really one fucking pressure, and that's Aaron fucking Donald. You couldn't even stop. They couldn't even stop him. Like, so now you're going from Aaron Donald to – Aiden Hutchinson, like, that is not good. And plus, Aiden Hutchinson plays on the outside. So, already you have two tackles that are hurt. It ain't healthy. It ain't going to be there. That's a fucking problem, bro. Like, I just, yeah, that's a that's a scary feeling to go into that situation not knowing what the fuck you about to get yourself into. Um, Yeah, that, ooh, shit, that's a problem. That's, that's going to be a bad game in Seattle. Um. What's another game that I, I I'm concerned about Kansas City. They got Chris Jones back, but Kansas City, I had Kansas Kansas City finishing third in uh, the AFC uh, AFC West this year. Um, I know people are listening to this and thinking I'm crazy, but I had to finish in um, third in AFC West this year. Um, it's just hard to win a championship the previous year and then come back and lose a receiver couple receivers, receiver, like, you know, I, of course, you know, you know, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is not a great top-tier number one receiver, but he's good enough. I mean, he's, he's good enough, right? And I think that that's the thing. Like, as good as this team is, they just do something. And I think that at the end of the day, you know, that's how I look at this. You know what I'm saying? I think that at the end of the day, that's how I look at this. And I don't know if this team is going to be good enough. I don't know if Kansas City is actually ready to be that team again. Chris Jones makes up one thing. Travis Kelsey makes up another. But I don't think this team is good enough to win an entire NFL. And, of course, it goes, people are going to run out here and say, where's Patrick Mahomes? They got Patrick Mahomes. They're going to make up a lot of things. I don't think that still makes up any damn thing. I think they this is a bad situation, period. I think it's a very, very bad situation. So, yeah, I I think Kansas City is not going to be that great this year, as people want to sit there and predict. Miami is still 
offensive dependent, and that's not good. <laughs> Miami's still offensive dependent. It's still all about the offense. They're not good defensively. The Chargers literally walked in up and down a goddamn field. Everybody saw about this one drive that they finally stopped the Chargers. But the Chargers scored 34 fucking points. That's not good. I don't give a shit how good your defense played for one series. They still gave up 34 fucking points. Like, that is not good. And again, they're now going into this upcoming week, and they have a problem with with this because the Patriots' defense is fucking incredible this year. Who knew? Bill Belichick will figure out the defense. Who the fuck knew that? And now you're going up against my in New England in New England Sunday night. Oh, good fucking luck. <laughs> good fucking luck. Usually is same thing with the Saints. Usually you put us in like Carolina in week two. You usually put New England early in the season, but right in the season week two, New England Sunday night. That offensive line is very still shaky, very still questionable with that type of secondary that the Patriots do have and still have, and Christian Gonzalez, who, excuse me, who me and my brother Juan kept saying is either the first or second best cornerback off the board this upcoming, this draft, this previous draft, guess what? He's pretty fucking good. He's pretty fucking good. And I'm pretty sure he's going to shut down Jalen Waddle or Tariq Hill, which sounds absolutely crazy. But I would not be surprised if he does it. And I think New England beats the Miami Dolphins. I'm going to be honest. I think the New England Patriots can actually beat the Miami Dolphins. Because, like I've been saying, everybody, and my brother Wine said this to, this morning, but I've been saying this. Mac Jones got to the playoffs with no number ones. He got to the playoffs with no number ones. He's got young receivers, and I still think New England's going to the playoffs this year. I think, they, I think the AFC East showed you last night who really is about to win the AFC East, and that's the Patriots. This is the easiest decision of all time. The Patriots are going to win the AFC East. Miami's going to give them a fight, but Miami's going to eventually have the same problems they had last year. They can't protect Tua. And that defense cannot stay on the field that fucking long and try to win a game. That ain't them. At the end of the day, football has happened. And here is some of my here we goes and what the fucks and how the hell did that just happen? Um, how the hell did that just happen? Seattle, what the fuck was that? I, like I said, it's a divisional game, but at the same time, you're at home. You're playing against the Rams. They have no Cooper Cup. They just have Aaron Donald, and you got your ass whooped. What happened? What the fuck was what was that? You just didn't play good. That was a terrible game. Terrible game. How the hell did that just happen? Pittsburgh Steelers. You could have stayed in preseason for that bullshit. That was a terrible game. What the? God damn, bro. Like, you should have just stayed in preseason. That was bad, man. Kenny Pickett, that offensive line, it went left so fast. And I don't know what good you would have done if it, like, I don't know what you would have done. Like, it was, that was a terrible game for you. Just a terrible game. And how the fuck did that happen? I know the answer, but I'm still asking the question. The New York Giants. Bro, just quit. I'm just, fuck it. Throw the white flag. Y'all season are done. I don't trust the Giants this year. Fuck what you talking. Like, I didn't think the Giants were good this year at all. I actually had the Giants finish it fourth, and as it looked like, what the fuck they going to finish? 
Dallas beat the living shit out of them. Like, it's okay. I get it. It's raining. I get it. But this is why you don't pay a fucking quarterback damn near $40, 50000000 million if he can't play in the fucking rain. Like, that is ridiculous. Like, Daniel Jones showed you why you don't make rash decisions at the quarterback position and say he's a franchise guy. He can't play in the fucking rain. That is a problem, bro. Like, he should have stayed his ass at home. That was embarrassing. What the fuck was that? Like, that was, ooh, that shit was terrible. Oh, my God, that was bad. I, I want my money back. That was a free game on TV, and I want my motherfucking money back. That was ridiculous, man. I do not predict the Giants to be great this year. I didn't do at the beginning, like I said, when we did the predictions, I didn't predict the Giants to be great this year. I actually thought they'd finish fourth in the division because they're going to regress. Daniel Jones should not have been paid that much money. Everybody talking shit about Joe Burrow, but they need to really talk shit about Daniel motherfucking Jones. That shit was incredibly bad. I at least trust that Joe Burrow is going to get his shit together. That was fucking horrible. Good fucking God. That was terrible. That was a terrible game. Oh, my God. That was bad. That was fucking bad. Oh, my God. I want my money back. I need my money back. I need all my money back (laughs) for that game. I refuse to believe that was a fully televised football game that I saw Sunday night. That is bullshit. That was was terrible. Here's our problem. The problem with this is we still don't know if Dallas offense is good. They didn't have to do shit. All they had to do was just hand the ball off. Like, they didn't have to do shit. We don't know if that offense is good still. That defense, though, them niggas might be the 1985 Bears. That niggas might really be the 1985 Bears. Them, shit. That's that's a different type of defense, man. That's a different type of defense. Lord Jesus. Anyway, week two of the NFL season, week three of college football. Can't wait. Until then, I am Brian Janu. This is I Bleed Sports. Hope you enjoy this. Peace.